0: My name's Nick. I'm one of the pastors at Algate, uh and I've great opportunity to share uh, from Scripture some reflections on Christmas. But I don't know about you, but I feel like we need some good news. We need some good news. This these last couple of years have been rough, and uh, I don't think I need to explain to anyone why that's the case. Um, it's been hard. It's been lonely. It's been full of conflict. It's been scary. We need some good news. The world needs some good news. Now, I need to throw in a disclaimer here. I uh, grew up in Canada for a short period of time, so I say news a little bit differently to uh, many here. Where's Alina? Hey, Alina. Um, Also from Canada. My sister from Canada. Um, And, uh, look, we're a community that loves all people. Welcomes all people, whether you're searching or you're from near or far. So you've all got to put up with me. So we're waiting for good news. The world needs good news, and we've—I feel like we've been waiting for that. When is this uh, the solution going to come? When is the savior going to come? Someone come save us, or has he come already? Because that's what Christmas is all about. It's about good news. It's not about the presents. It's not about the Boxing Day sales. It's not even about the food on the table with family. It's about the best news you'd ever hear. Now, Israel were in a similar position 2,000 years ago. The night uh, before Jesus was born, they were waiting for someone to come and save them. Because Israel were God's people, and God had established them in a land. He given them the law. He given them prophets. He gave them promise of a king who would come and reign forever. Would establish an eternal kingdom, a perfect kingdom, a forever kingdom. But the last they heard about this was in Malachi, four hundred years ago. For four hundred years, they were waiting. Where's this promised king? where's this king who's come who's promised to come and save us and deliver us? And during that 400 years, Syria came in, Babylon came in, Greece, Rome came and conquered and uh, desolated the Is- Israel's area and Rome as the uh, superpower of the time, their approach to peace was they destroy everything and call it peace) A historian said that. And so it was an ugly time. It was dark. It was grim. The night before Christmas. And then on that night, something happened. And I want to take you there tonight to the first public declaration of the birth of Jesus. So if you have a Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 2. It's also going to be on the screen from verse Eight. And we're just going to slowly work through it to see to hear about this good news. So, in the same region where Jesus was born, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock at night. Now, what I find really interesting is we often think of this scene of shepherds watching their flock and think, Oh, isn't that nice? There's probably a shepherd leading on his staff, cuddling in with a lamb. The starry night and how nice and peaceful and lovely. That's not at all what it was like being a shepherd at night. At night was the hardest time, the, the scariest time to be a shepherd. Because that was the time where predators would come and attack the flock. That's the time when thieves would come and steal. And so shepherds had to be out on their watch. They were... They were um, they were scared. They were alert. They were anxious. And in that moment, verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. As they're watching the flock, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were fear filled with great fear. Now, angels too, we think, oh, isn't that lovely? A, a, a being with nice wings and a big, big white robe and who looks really lovely. No, angels were... Scary things in Scripture. They're powerful. They're fierce. They're to be feared. And this angel says to them, Fear not. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Good news of great joy for all people. What is this news? This great angelic being interrupting their night of watching their flock. What news does he have to bring? Verse 11. For unto you is born this day, today, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. All right, let's unpack that one step at a time. Today. Today, a Savior has come. They've been waiting for 400 years, waiting for God to do something. He promised a king, and they were waiting. And during that time, so much happened. There was conflict. There was turmoil. There was was anxiety. There was was all this kind of craziness and, and hardship happening, and they were waiting for God to do something. And the angel says on that night, today. Today is the day. This is what we've all been waiting for. Today. Today, the Savior has come. The Saviour has come, the one who will come and save you, the one who, who God has promised will come. Who is this Savior? The Messiah. The Messiah or, or Christ. Christ is the Greek word for Messiah. Messiah is the Hebrew word for anointed one. And it, it's a it's a New Testament word used to talk about the promised king. The king that God promised would come to save his people and to bring about an eternal kingdom, God's kingdom, where God will live with his people. That Messiah has come. That promise has been fulfilled today. The Lord, this Messiah is also the Lord. Now this is the word that, that the Hebrews would use, instead of saying the name of God, they would replace it with Lord. I think it's what the angel is saying here is, this is God. God is coming to save his people. God has come to rule, to save, to be with his people. And I think one of the most striking things is this is for you. Unto you a saviour is born. Now this is not me reading into the passage. The author has used language here that is not necessary. He could have said a saviour has come, the Messiah. But he says the saviour has come for you. For you. This king has not come to rule on a throne. This king has not come to dominate the world and conquer. And This king has come not for himself but for you. For you. So where will they find this king? This great Messiah, the promised king who will come to save, who's come today. Where will they find him? In verse 12, the angel says, this will be the sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Not a conquering king, not, not a king who will come and dominate on a throne or, or conquer with a sword. But a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths in a manger of all places. The king of the world coming in humbly, laying himself down. It's a, a foreshadowing of, of the hum, the, how humble his end will be. Of laying him his own life down for the world. The profound reality that God comes into the world through humanity, through a baby. And it's what I find amazing is that this world is a dark, corrupt. Scary, depressed, anxious place. It's hard. We're all messed up. But God doesn't wait for us to sort ourselves out. God doesn't wait for COVID zero or sin zero to exist in the world before He comes into the world. He enters into that darkness, into that night to save the world in the most humble, Meek, profound way. And it's no wonder that suddenly in verse 13 there was a multitude of angels of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Angels, in, angels erupt in praise. Out of nowhere, there's all these angels all over the place singing to God, praising God, glory to God, peace on earth. Because they know just how significant this news is. That God would come into the world to save the world, to give his own life for the world. And he would come and save them from their enemy. Now, Jesus didn't come and save them from Rome, but an enemy much bigger than that. He came to conquer evil itself. By sacrificing himself for our sin, our guilt, our shame, our darkness, Jesus takes that on himself and defeats it and this is this is salvation that's not just for Israel but something so much bigger than that the whole world would be saved through this child and that's why this is good news of great joy for all people not just Jews not just the elite not just shepherds and meek poor shepherds not just the religious people but all people all people would be saved Then the next moment, the angels went away from them into heaven. And the shepherds were there left wondering, what do we do with this information? (laughs) Can you imagine that, that moment of the angels leaving and you're just left there having heard this amazing news? What do you do with it? What do you do with good news? And I find it really surprising what shepherds do next. So after the angels left, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They say, Let's go check this out. Let's go see this. Now, a really important part to remember that Luke actually set us up in verse 8 is that what were they doing at the time? They were watching their flocks. They were taking care of their livelihood, their wealth, their possessions, the things that was most significant to them. They were taking care of the flock. And they say, no, we need to go over the horizon and see this Savior. Is this news true? They leave it to go check out this news. Because just over the horizon is the Savior of the world. Now, I wonder who here is in that place, that there's, there's things of this world that are holding us back from checking out this news, engaging with this God. Who, who, what can we do? Siri doesn't know. But that's all right. She's not the authority here. Scripture is. Holding you back, is it? Is it that you're 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 happy with what you have, and you, you don't want to leave that? You're happy with all you have. You don't want to leave that to go and, and and see someone who might demand everything from you, or is it that you're scared that things are really uh, hard now, and we need to be safe and comfortable, and 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 to 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 give our lives or to check something out that might mean changing or or like it's scary or is it you just don't believe it it's not true it's just myths well the shepherds could have said no i'm i'm happy with my flock i'm happy where i am they could have said i'm afraid of the danger that this might involve going and seeing this child and leaving the flock and even just travel in general in ancient near east or They could have said, I don't believe it. It's all just myths. The Messiah is just a myth. But they go. Because just over at the horizon is the Savior of the world. They go. Now, I'm not saying that you have to give up on all your stuff in order to meet Jesus. What I'm saying is, go check him out. Don't let what you have or what you're afraid of or what you believe or don't believe stop you from investigating this news. This is good news. It has literally changed the world. It's worth checking out. So what else do the shepherds do from verse 17? When they saw the child, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. When you hear good news, what do you do with it? You share it. You tell other people. This is news not to keep to ourselves and to enjoy this life-changing news of a God who loves us. This is news to share. Because again, our world is desperate for good news. Desperate for good news. And we have the best news, the best news that that God is not indifferent to our situation. It's not that he doesn't care. He cares far more than we could ever imagine. So much so that he came into the world himself to save us, to be with us. We have news that, that people have purpose and a meaning and identity in the God that created them, that God loves them and he's shown that through Jesus we have the best news to share so let's share it this Christmas especially let's share this news and not stop pushing ourselves to to get excited about this news and share it because the world is desperate for it what else do the shepherds do Verse 20, and the shepherds returned to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. Now notice that they don't lose their livelihood. They go back to their flocks. But when they return, everything's changed. When they return, they don't come back and sit back going, okay, I've got to sort out this flock for myself and generate wealth and get out of this spot and do this and do that. Then they come back worshiping, praising, singing, giving all glory to God in heaven for what they had seen, for the news that they'd heard. They returned and everything was changed. Hearing this news that God has come into the world in Jesus, that Jesus has saved us, That news changes everything. It changes everything. And so what what are you going to do with this news? Will you check it out? Will you tell other people about it? Will you respond in praise and worship? Now, this, this child in the manger, he didn't stay there. He grew up. He lived a life and he, he taught his disciple and taught Israel how to live. And it showed God through his life and through his teaching. And then he died. Taking on the sin, the shame, the darkness of the world. But he didn't stay there either. He rose again. Conquering death once and for all. And then he ascended to heaven. And he is ruling at the right hand of the Father. He's ruling in, in heaven with God. And is, there's a day he will come back and once and for all, save the world. Bring in his kingdom where we will be his people and he will be our God. That is great news. And that is news that we are going to celebrate now through communion. So I'm going to invite Dave up who's going to lead us in that.